When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Ray Jeezy, Will T. Am I sa- nobody can hear you, dude. You late. Nobody can hear you. <laughs> and the homie Will T. I'm in the building. Now we in the building. Yeah, and the homie Will T. Hey. Hey, Ray Jeezy, what's good, my man? Strive for greatness, not lateness. You saw it on Twitter. Will T has failed his two weeks in a row. <laughs> now, nah, Will trying to put his, his headsets on right now. So we still trying to get him situated. But. Again, there you listen to the Urban Sports Scene again on Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been a what's good though, Ray. You know, we've we've been doing some some. <laughs> oh, dang. okay. Oh. So let me let, let me give the people uh, update to my basketball journey. I played yeah, basketball again for a second week in a row, and there was slight improvements. Made a few layups, shot a few more jump shots. So I'm I'm feeling better about myself. Second week in a row, I've been on a winning team at this at this gym <laughs> that Wole has graciously allowed me to, to, to play some ball with him at, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. So I'm going to keep on exercising, keep on getting in shape, and redefine what men in their 40s should look like. Right, Wole? Exactly, man. Like Anthony Peterson. Yeah, exactly. Like Anthony Peterson, a teenage body. Exactly, man. Don't be, don't be content. You know, strive for greatness, dude. Don't be content. <laughs> What's good, Will T? What's going on with you, my man? Tired, but I'm here. You're tired? I'm I feel you, man. I'm tired too, bro. I feel you, bro. I feel you. People need to hear my voice, need to hear my taste. Tell them why, man. Tell, tell them why you, you had people, you know, talking the Will T stuff. Like, George was shooting you out like, like, was it last week? I mean, I mean, George was like my brother from another mother. You know, <laughs> we, think the, we think similarly, you know, on the same kinetic wavelength. Um, I feel so, you know. <laughs> but I'm here, though, man. I, I'm excited to do the show with you brothers, and uh, let's get into it. Yeah, man, let's get into it. Hey, Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows such as the John Kahn Report hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders insider John Kahn and Jones Football hosted by US Today insider Mike Jones. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Do you scene. think we'll get a chance to do like some cross-promotional with Mike Jones and John Kime, you know, they come on our podcast. We go on their podcast. You think that's possible? I'm going to read up. I'm going to read up. I'm going to read some more. <laughs> Just asking the question. I know I feel you. Do I think it's possible? Yeah. Ask me, ask me when we're not recording. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Inc. YouTube channel as well. This show can be found on podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options in local news and health and DMV region. Just download the podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. 
Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene. Like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about Washington Commanders defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio's controversial tweets. At 820, we'll talk about the NBA Finals matchup between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. Finally, in our segment, HBCU Corner, we have a pre-taped interview with Howard University football coach Larry Scott. Little dubs. Little dubs. Yeah. I listened to the interview. A little dubs? My man. Look at you. I support it. I feel you, bro. You send me the link. I know, man. So talk about. But, But first. It's Commander Slander time on the Urban Sports scene. <laughs> Jack Del Rio, everyone heard Washington defensive coordinator Jack, Jack Del Rio's comments that in which he was fined for $100,000 following controversial tweets on the Capitol insurrection on January 6th. Del Rio, of course, deleted his Twitter account not too long after. Was that the right move? We'll see what you think. Um, I mean, I can go on about this this subject, but... I'm going to say, no, no, I mean, like, I, I think this is an interesting subject because it opens us up to freedom, whole speech. Not, freedom of speech and, you know, um, cancel culture and how divisive we are at this moment as a country, right? Where it's either, Agreed. if I don't agree with you, then you're wrong. And not only sure. should you ro- you're Very wrong, but you should shame me, try to shame I'll me. I'll shame you. Yeah. I'll try to cancel you. I'll try to take, I'll try to. Um, take some type of mon- monetary gains from you, or any, or take mo- take money from you. Uh-huh. But um, was he? So um, I guess Ron Rivera came out today, and I'm going to answer the question right. Um, I'm just um, just giving some context. Um, I'll read that for you. What he said, Ron Rivera said today. Yeah, yeah Ron Rivera. Well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Ron Rivera said today. This is not about the fact that he exercised his right to free speech. This is about him impacting the football team. I believe in the First Amendment very strongly. But the thing we all have to understand with these rights, these freedoms, come with tremendous responsibility and have to understand that as well. This is about the impact that, that was made on our football team. The distraction it, was, it, it has become, it is, it is, it be, it's a very serious question and topic, but at the end of the day, it did impact us, and what, and that's what I did. What I did. Let me ask you this: If a player comes out and says, "I don't know," um, week one we're going to beat Jacksonville, and it gets national press or national pub, or uh, a player on the defense comes out and say, says Trevor Lawrence is trash, mm-hmm. right? That's causing the distraction. Do you think that that said player would be fine for that? No, not at all. Okay, so his. His reason for finding Jack Del Rio is total bullshit, right? I'm saying that. It, I apologize. Um, it's, it's, it's bull. I'm saying that it's a, he was fined because it was a distraction. Uh-huh. Why he was fined was because, um, in my opinion, it's because the reaction that he got from Twitter on his comments. ESPN. ESPN. Um, and then also um, because most people don't believe that the January 6th riots or insurrection was a dust up compared to um, the Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter, Matter um, protest yeah. over the, in the summer yeah, of 2020. Yeah, protest. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's total BS. Um, I, you know, I don't agree with his comments, but also I do agree that people have their their right to say what they to say what they want within reason, mm-hmm. right? As long as you aren't endangering anyone, and you also had a right to be wrong, which um, Jack Del Rio was, in my opinion. So um, I understand the aspect or the perspective that uh, 
Ron Rivera is taking that this is a distraction from our team for our team, you know, considering that uh, you have the uh, NFL commissioner almost likely to go to Capitol Hill and um, and testify um, because they've asked about the work, the workplace culture of NFL of NFL teams, uh-huh. uh, specifically the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder, everything they've gone through. Then yeah. you also have this team changing their name. Then you also have uh, other things in the news. So I understand why I said why why he did it, but I think the reason that he gave us as a general public is total BS. Right. Will T summed it up nicely, and I totally agree in terms of cancel culture. We've had these discussions before. What I will say is a lot of times when people do tweet or they post on social media, they're looking for a reaction, correct? Yeah. We're looking for people to respond. So I think Jack Del Rio knew what his intentions were, but unfortunately, I don't think he knew the blowback was going to be what it was, especially with the players. So I believe that there's sincere regret. I don't believe Jack Del Rio is racist. I just believe he has a certain viewpoint, and I'm okay with that because, again, we don't have to agree. Just like Will T said, yeah. uh, I don't fully disagree with Ron Rivera. It is a distraction, and it's one that this team and this organization simply doesn't need. That's how I'm going to sum it up. This team needs to perform on the field because you know what? When they struggle, the criticism is going to be, see, our defensive coordinator is not working on plays. He's nice. working on Bull BS politics. Yeah. And this is a football team, and it's never a focus on football with this team. That's the biggest problem that I have, and I agree with Ron Rivera from that standpoint. However, Ron Rivera is reactionary all the time. It's yeah, never proactive. It's always reactive. Role, you said that yeah. last week. I'm stealing your thunder, brother, but that's all I got on this. Yeah, that's my issue, too. You said it, but it's the truth, though. Like, that's my issue. He He's reactive, not, pro, uh, not proactive. Because if, you, if you've been on Twitter – for the last couple of couple, I mean, the last couple of seasons with Del Rio, he's been he's been consistent. This has and been who him. He is. And who he is. This is and who he what, has been. And his beliefs, or and his, his beliefs. Thoughts, but he's yes. been tweeting this, like this heavily, right? So my thing is that, like, just like you said, Will, the reason why my issue with it, my issue with with it is that, dude, you you like you only did something because not even Twitter, like the, the this what ESPN it went national. Basically, these tweets were national because if you paid attention to it, people have always came out and said certain things about his his, his tweets. I'm with you, Will. Like, you know, people, you can be wherever you are, where, where, where the line stands or whatever. But at the same time, like, dude, like, you only said anything or punished this individual because it got national media. And also, with all the things you mentioned, Will, all the things you mentioned about Snyder, uh, uh, Goodell, about, you know, in, in terms everything. of going to the house and like and the whole image of the team at this particular point in time, it wasn't that you did it like because you just oh you know what I'm sick of like this 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 one time you had your opportunity you just you just did it because of the attention it garnered. Okay, I want you. Could you do me one favor, Wallace? Sure, yeah. Could you reread his uh met his release? Sure, I, re- I reread. It. I can read before I make my next comment. All right, sure. Hold on, let me pull up the pull it up right now. All right, here we go again. This is not about the fact that he exercised his right to free to free speech. This is about him impacting the football team. I believe in the First Amendment very strongly. But the thing we all have to understand with these rights, these freedoms come tremendous come come tremendous responsibility. And we have to understand that as well. We have to understand that as well. This is about the this is about the impact that was made on our football team. The distraction it has become. It's a very serious question and topic, but at the end of the day, it did impact us, and that's why I did what I did. 
distraction, right? Mm-hmm. That, 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 I guess that's the key word in that statement that I, you know, freedom of speech, yada, 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 but distraction, yeah. the, main, the main onus is on distraction. Okay. Yeah. If he says distraction, then um, they had minicamp today, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was listening to a lot of the interviews. You know, I had a long drive to get to here, um, um, today, to, to get here um, mm-hmm. longer than usual. Uh, wow. okay. So um, one of the things that questions that I noticed that was asked throughout, you know, the players, specifically in the wide receiver group, was the impact of Terry McLaurin not being there. Yeah. That's a distraction. Yeah. So are you, Ron Rivera, as the football czar, going to going to find yourself for not taking care of Terry McLaurin's contract? About it's not Terry's fault. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, okay. it's not. Okay, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not Terry's. I know you're going with it. It's not Terry's fault. It's not Terry's fault that he isn't there. Are you going to find yourself as the football czar, the guy who's ahead of all football operations, because you didn't take care? Uh, you and your front office didn't take care of Terry McLaurin's contract Terry before minicamp, which forced him to uh, skip minicamp. Yeah. Is he going? So that's why I say it's total BS to me. Well, my thing is like, if you was a player, like, like even a player, like, like, like it shouldn't have took him that long to be. I'm, my issue was it shouldn't have took him that long to, to, to tell, hey, say, dude, get off Twitter. Like, just get off Twitter. Like, it shouldn't have took him that long. That's my issue. Like, don't wait till. Because it it was a distraction to a certain certain point, but don't wait till the end of the, like wait till this point when he went national. Because if it was a player, you would have told him to ch- to shut up. Like you would have told him early. Like he, you could have st- you could have stopped this earlier. Like he was doing this like for a minute. And I'm not talking about like I'm not about beliefs. I'm not, I don't I don't care about your beliefs because anybody everybody's entitled to their beliefs. I'm not about canceling somebody. To be real, to be real with you, Ray knows that. I ain't about that. But you, there are things as a distraction to your team and what your team's trying to do. Especially, let's be real, football is about production. It's production based. Sports is production based, right? Yes. It's so if your if your losses. unit is some crap, and you out here tweeting about whatever, that's that's a distraction because what people are going to say, you need to focus more on what football on your brand, getting your team ready on Sundays rather than be by tweeting about some stuff. That's how. That's the. That's the. That's the way people think. You know what I'm saying? But we always reprimand a player that's if they're on social media doing whatever and they're playing like garbage, what, what do we say? You need to be worried about your skill set rather than being on social media. So, like, Rivera had an opportunity before this got, like, before this blew up, right, to say, hey, Jack, yo, chill. Like, just don't, don't – you don't have to be on social media. Like, you ain't got to do all that. You know what I mean? You but could then, do that. I mean, but then he Because would... the players would get that. Like, players would get that same type of energy – like my thing is that you treat this coach differently than you. As to a certain point, I know I give you saying, well, to a certain point, you treat this coach differently than you treat players. Because if a player came out and had all this stuff and they were distracted to the team, then they would be ostracized. They would be Cam Newton and gets Cam Newton is a, a quote unquote a distraction to a team. But uh, so without I, views and whatever. So I don't necessarily know if you can force a player. It, 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 here's why it's different mm-hmm. from a coach and a player. Um, I don't necessarily know if you could force a player off of Twitter or other social media platforms uh-huh. because, you know, players, you know, their contract, they have a union is collectively yeah, barred. That's true. That's so, fair, you know, fair point. I mean, you can, you can, there's you things can imply, around it. Yeah, you could, there's around things it. you could probably work around yeah. to try to uh, exact some punishment from a player opposed to uh, a uh, assistant coach. Mm-hmm. So. No, I'm, no, I actually have a, uh, we have a uh, comment on Instagram about this particular topic. The homie uh, Wood said, I think it, I th- well, I think it has to become, it has to become known that we don't all agree on, 
on big bigger issues, but we might have a bit uh, a big effing job to do together. Hopefully, the players can 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 go talk to Jack Del Rio if they need to sort some some stuff out. This is a chance to learn and grow from something all around. I mean, you talk to your players. I mean, isn't you know? To me, your job as a coach is a coach. So it is what it is. Like that's what Jonathan Allen said. So yeah, I mean, I. I I'm pretty sure that there may be some players who agree with what he said. There may be some players who disagree with what he said. But at the end of the day, you know, I think that, you know, grown men, you should be able to say, hey, I, you know, I didn't necessarily agree with Mm -hmm. your perspective on this. Um, Here's my perspective. And, you know, maybe you can change the person's um, ration, the way they think, the way that their perspective on Probably you won't. You know, most people over 30, they're pretty stuck in their ways. Um, So, you know, especially some people in positions of power. So, you know, at the end of the day, you just agree to disagree. That's all. Facts. On Twitter, the homie Steve, uh, Steve Fox, tweeted, I said, um, in terms of did did Washington handle this, you know, situation correctly? He said, hell no. (laughs) He needs to lose his job. Said racist. <laughs> See, that's the cancel culture thing. Yeah, I don't want to say lose his about. job. I just like I think he should lose his job if you know he has another bad season. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree you with you. If it, like, you know, if he has four first round draft picks who on the defensive line that yeah. don't produce and a and a first round linebacker yeah, that I don't feel, produce, yeah, then like you should then you should lose. I your feel job. like the distraction thing is warranted. If you're, I guess the argument if you want to use distraction is is that your your unit hasn't produced. You may not, you may not have, you may, you may not have the focus on the right things. You know what I'm saying? Like on whatever you you deem is the right thing, but you know what I mean. You're not focused at the task at hand. You're more focused on which, what's your next tweet going to be. Uh, that's see, what, I, I don't. I mean, I'm saying that's the argument. I get the argument. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think Jack Del Rio is uh, coming up with a defensive game plan. You know, with with his phone in his hand, saying, "Oh, I'm gonna get this fire tweet off." They, oh, they ain't ready for this one. Man, you gotta see the tweets, though, bro. He be, he be thirsty. <laughs> that's he be why ready. I, I mean, he be ready. You know, I mean, Twitter. I mean, that's what Twitter and other social media platforms do. They give voice to people who necessarily quick, quick shouldn't, have, shouldn't be heard. Or go ahead, go ahead, Ray. Quick question because we need to wrap up, but I'm gonna ask you specifically, Will T. Do you think the cancel culture at least achieved one victory? Because he canceled his Twitter account. Uh, no, I, I don't. I, I don't see it as a. Oh, okay. I don't see it as a, as a win or a loss. Um, to be honest with okay. you, I think it's more. I think. To, and, and this is just and this is just my perspective. I would like to know a person's unfiltered thoughts, so then I know how to deal with you. Yeah. Right. Let me know who you really are, how you really perceive something, um, and then I can deal with you accordingly. I would say you can get a gist. I'm not, I don't think he's a racist. I don't really think in, t- in terms of that. But you get a gist of like what he is from like if you read, yeah. if, you read if you if you see some of his tweets. Go ahead. Would you say what you about to say, right? No, I just said you can tell where he leans politically. Yeah, you can. Again, you can get a gist of it. That. Yeah, you can tell where where he, where he leans for real and what he what his beliefs are. But we, I mean, it's been a, it's a fascinating topic. We can always we can go we can go long on this, but we gotta go to the next topic. And we're gonna go to actually we're gonna go to break. Uh, we'll talk about the NBA finals. Actually, the, the Golden State Warriors won last night. They are they are up in the series three two, up on the Boston Celtics. We'll talk about that after the break. You listen to Urban Sports saying for ages. Yeah, dig deuces on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com.
are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Will, and myself, Will Lay, excuse me, and we are part of Ampire Media at AmpireMedia.com. All right. After last night's Golden State Warriors victory over the Boston Celtics, uh, 104-94, the Warriors are up 3-2 in the NBA Finals. Thoughts on the Game 5, Will T? Uh, went pretty much like I thought it would go. Uh, to be no, I'm, I'm, that's not being, being a braggart or anything, but I, it went how I thought it would go. Uh, you know, I I, I thought that Golden State did a, a great job with using Boston's aggressiveness sometimes on backdoor cuts. Just not not you know, it it may not have led to a direct pass, but it also it put pressure on the defense and you know those other those cuts from the other side. Um. Where they were able to free, they were able to free guys up. Um, one of the other things that I noticed that they did a, a good job was a good job on was also um, with the sport, floor spacing and having Rob and taking Robert Williams away from the paint so he'd be able to alter or um, block shots when whenever Golden State did get an opportunity to go to the bucket. And then also three Andrew Wiggins, man, um, ball, man. balled out 20, 20 plus points. Uh, I think like 11, 11 rebounds or something like that. That would have been the second best player for Golden State in the series. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you can, you can make the, sta- the, the argument. argument that through five games, you know, because of Steph's game last night, through the five games Creeping. that he's been, he's and, and what he's done defensively on mm-hmm. Tatum and Brown, whenever he's been um, had the opportunity or the task of checking those either those two young uh, elite ball players, that he's done, a, he's done a pretty good job. Yeah. Uh, on the defensive end and also on the offensive end, so um, you know, I, I I I predicted my prediction was and still is Golden State in seven, and I feel comfortable with that. Yeah, Ray. So there's been one common criticism of the Boston Celtics throughout the course of this playoffs: there's been turnovers. Yeah, they can't. And last night that. they had another 18 turnovers, starting out with Jason Tatum beginning the ball game with a turnover. The Warriors turn those turnovers into 22 points. You cannot beat the Golden State Warriors if you turn the ball over, especially on the road. Mm-hmm. And look at all the effort that Boston put in to make that comeback in the third quarter. It was it was awesome. But if you start the game with that energy, and also if you impose your will offensively, a.k.a. using your size, or ally using your size, then I feel as though they'll be much more competitive throughout stretches of the game where they just seem to struggle. I love Jalen Brown's ferocity. I love it. And the team needs to just continue to take that on. And of course, Marcus Smart is also a catalyst on both sides of the ball. But careless basketball, where is that coming from? And why isn't Udoka doing something to fix that? Every press conference, he's saying, we got to make adjustments so we can turn the ball over less. But they continue to turn the ball over double-digit times. The Golden State Warriors only had single-digit turnovers. And that's the difference in the game, if you ask me. Yeah, um, I just felt like one the Ray, you mentioned like the the comeback and the, the work and in that third quarter, you know, they had they had a lot of momentum. And they were doing and mm-hmm. down the stretch until to me the changing of the game was Poole's half court shot. Like that three changed every like it switched momentum. Poole hitting that momentum, shot. Momentum. That's what momentum. We're yeah, that's momentum. What we're doing. Yeah, that's what we're doing. It switched. Okay. And I'm just saying my opinion. Cause I remember when he hit that shot, I was like, Oh man. Like you went up from you went you went from being up two or even, you know, being tied going into the fourth to being down one. After all that work, you're still down. You know what I mean? So I was like, in my mind, I was saying to myself, like, this could change the, this could change the game. Um, but on the flip side, Will mentioned, you know, Wiggins. I thought Wiggins was tremendous throughout, throughout that game. Um, and I also feel like Golden State, I mean, the Celtics missed, like, a golden opportunity. Like, the Steph played 
didn't play good. Like you had an off step. Like this is what the this is the chance to actually beat them. You had an off step. All you had to do is be effective offensively, and you win that game. Like like you said, Ray, they didn't come in with the same fl- the same the same passion, same drive. And also, well, they probably did, but they they played sloppy. Like that that turnover the turning over the the basketball against the Warriors team a Warriors team is is deadly, especially at home. And to play that type of basketball in a game, you know, that's two two, and you need you know you need that game because. If you win against, you know, if you win on, on Thursday, again, the game's on Thursday. If you win on Thursday in Boston, who wants to go to Golden State at Game 7? And that's a lot of pressure anyway. But I just feel like Game 5, you wasted an opportunity. That's my big thing. Like, I feel like you wasted an opportunity because you got Steph off. Like, Steph was off. And you're not going to get that often. The way he's been shooting throughout these po- this postseason, the way he's been shooting in this series, like, you got to take advantage of that. Like he ain't hit a single three. Steph missed all of his threes. You got to take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, one question. Good, bro. Um, you were Boston in six, right? Yeah, six. Boston six. So you're out of there, right? Yes. I mean, I still pick Boston. I mean, if I, I mean, you, I I mean, mean you no, I mean, but but you know, we're technically going off our prediction. All right, you know, but Boston if you lose six, though, if they if Boston wins, then you're pretty much out of there. Out no, of there. I say Golden State in seven. But but say but say if Boston. No, no, you're right. I said Boston wins the series. Yeah, like, okay. I mean, but, but 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 you're out, out early. Yeah, out, out early. Ray, you had it seven or six. Ray had, Ray had I, had I had Boston at seven. So, Boston has, so you, yeah, so so you just, Ray, so me and Ray. Wait, Ray. Wait, are we doing a competition now? This is I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just. I listen. didn't know we were doing this. I didn't know. I mean, anytime you ask me for a prediction, <laughs> I track my prediction. <laughs> I didn't know. know we were doing this. I didn't know we were doing real cohort predict predictions. Um, I would think you know this is a sports podcast, right? I mean, so whenever I, you, I feel whenever you, Rick ask is about me. to jinx the Golden State Warriors because he is Fred Arrogant. Yo, yeah, he early. is Rick Martell. Arrogant. I just know. I just asked. Arrogant. I just asked a question. Let me spray you, bro. What's his fragrance? What's his fragrance? Will T. Asking the question. Will T. What's the fragrance, dog? What's his fragrance? I'm spraying. What's his fragrance? I'm spraying you, bro. Let me let me tell you. Arrogant. No, it's not. No, I'm just asking a question. I'm just asking a question. You know, he said, "Wole, so you." He asked a question. He said, "Wole, so you, you're out." Yeah, I know. Like he went. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, I didn't know we were doing no, it. I, no, <laughs> the first thing I, I asked was, "I said you had Golden. I mean, yeah, you had I, Boston I, I, and six, you're right. right?" I didn't know we was going with that at first. I then just he, asked. But the then I ain't gonna lie to you. Then I saw his African eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> the way he was looking at me. I just asked the I question. I was like, oh, he coming for my head, Po? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not coming for you. I just want, listen, I just, listen, I like truth in No, I had him in six, man. I had him in six. I felt good in, in, after, in the third quarter, man. Like, but once I saw the beginning of that fourth, though, I was like, y'all playing sloppy. Like, I hate sloppy basketball. And like what Ray said, you turn the – you can't be turning – this is the this is the NBA Finals, man. And they've been playing the same way throughout, like turning over like turning over the basketball. But you're playing against a team like Golden State where they hit you with hammers because those – the three ball they, they can stroke with, like pull, Steph. You know, Steph wasn't making. Clay. Clay was big down the stretch Wiggins. hitting threes. Wiggins. And Wiggins is just – like you said, Wiggins is playing all around, man. He's strapping. He rebounding. Like look what he did in game – in game four, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what he's bringing to this team. I think you was trying to say the argument that he could argue, he could, he could be like finals MVP. Is that what you were trying to say, yeah. basically? But you know what they're trying to they're gonna you, get this down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nah, I <laughs> but I know yeah, you're saying yeah, that. You're yeah. right. You can make the argument. You can make the. You, you can, can really make, make the, the real argument. argument and say that Wiggins has probably may have been, especially down the stretch, has been the this more valuable MVP. player. Yeah. yeah. 
especially coming off his performances in game. Um, the last, the, the two big games. Yeah, you need to like game Steph four gets all the five. Steph. Don't get me wrong, Steph. To me, if it wasn't for that forty three, like that 43, yeah. 40, 43, 45, like they lose. Like team, they need every, they need all of forty three from Steph, mm-hmm. right? But they did. Dan Will needed all of that from Wiggins too. And it was them key offensive rebounds. Like getting that twenty, I think he had twenty is twenty and eight or twenty and fifteen, some yeah. wild number. 15, 15 yeah, so, rebounds. so yeah. But um, well, let let me ask one more question. <laughs> Go ahead. No, um, have either one of you guys like been following just like the the story arc per se by ESPN when it comes to Boston through these the the, the last two rounds? Like the they haven't lost two games in a row. No, I mean just like the narrative. Whenever you know, after each game, when it comes to Boston playing. No, it's, I mean North. No, I mean it just seemed to me because it seems a little bit pro Boston. Like whenever so you I'm know, different. I think it's the opposite. But go ahead, though. I think it's the opposite. No, I I think it's a little bit. It's been like pro Boston. Like whenever um you know Milwaukee had a good game and Boston lost, it was because Boston didn't play well. Oh, like, oh okay, I got now you. because you know Boston, you know Boston loses game four and five. It's because Boston didn't play well. It's not necessarily because Golden State, you know, anything that Golden State has done, you know, and even, excuse me, or, or even um, when uh, when Boston played Miami, right, it was always, you know, it, it wasn't, and from my perspective, it wasn't, they were, you know, they were talking about because yeah. Boston didn't do this well instead of Miami did this exceedingly well on this night. Well, I mean, you heard the game, game one, folks were saying Golden State collapsed. It wasn't a Boston win. You know what I mean? Like, you had folks say, and even Golden State would say it, like, we collapsed. Like, we didn't – some folks in the media were saying that Golden State collapsed. They didn't, it wasn't like Boston won that game. You know what I mean? They didn't do anything in the fourth quarter to win folks that game. Folks in the media or folks at ESPN? Oh, you're talking about ESPN in general? Yes, their coverage. Oh, well, listen, I don't – I don't – I ain't going to lie to you. I don't watch ESPN's okay. coverage. Right. I, that, I'll say I don't – I watch NBA TV. I changed it. I, can, I can't stand – you know who? Yeah. Ray, well, let me ask you this, Ray. Have, have you noticed that, or is it I, that's just something I, I'm picking up and I'm bugging? Yeah, sorry, Will. I don't watch ESPN coverage. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. I'm sure. Like, I just I got, go. On, I, I go on YouTube and watch NBA independent TV. media folks uh-huh. who like Scoop Jackson and others who they they talk during the post game. They ask questions. I watch the pressers. I don't. I don't watch. I like Jalen though. Don't get it twisted. I like Jalen Rose. Oh, yeah. I just don't watch it. Yeah, I like Jalen too. I just can't watch. Okay. Stephen. No, I, 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 ain't gonna lie. I, I just can't watch Stephen A. Smith. No, I, well, is it him? No, it's just that like I'll watch like some of the halftime, and I'll watch you know like uh, Scott Van uh, Pelt's on. You know, usually he does the yeah, SC Sports. Yeah. I saw him, Scott, like one. As, I saw SVP game. Sports yeah, I saw game. I saw game one. Yeah, him. and I just like I'll I'll because I'm on. Of course, know, yeah. That yeah, channel, yeah. so I watch, you know, some of that. So, no, I, I thought maybe it was just me. No, I just can't. I ain't gonna lie. I just can't. I try. I can't. <laughs> so, let's go real real quick. Uh, the Warriors, you know, um, with the Warriors winning game five, is this series over? Um, start with you, Will. No, not at all. Um, I think this will go seven. I I fully believe that, you know, Boston will win um, game six. Well, no, nah, I well, yeah, I think Boston will win Game Six, and then we'll get back to Golden State for Game Seven. Um, I think you know, even though Clay Thompson has a I'm about you know, to say yeah, Game Six Clay, Game Six Clay. You know that's that's, that's the, wild. That's, you a Game Six Clay? You say Game Seven, but you Game Six Clay. That's <laughs> crazy, bro. <laughs> nah, but but you know, I, ultimately, I think you know that you know um, with it going back to Boston, I just think that those guys are be re-energized with these two days off, and they'll be they'll find a way to to squeak out a victory against Golden State, right? 
it's not over yet, but of course, can Golden State win? We all know they can. They have the experience factor on their side. They have the coaching experience on their side. So I wouldn't be shocked if Golden State were to celebrate at the TD Garden. Yeah, However, I don't think right. it's over because these Boston Celtics have been resilient all playoffs long. We thought they were done against Milwaukee. They came back and won. Mm. So they got to prove to the world they can do it again. And I feel like they do have that confidence. I think Golden State has all the momentum. Um I just I feel like like Ray mentioned prior um, turnovers, man. They just they gotta they gotta be, they gotta value that basketball a lot, a lot more. And um, they're stu- they're two stars for them to beat, in my opinion, for them to beat Golden State Thursday night. Them two dudes gotta play at a at a high level. Like they can't go with shooting at a low percentage. They can't do that. Like Jalen Brown played like trash. Uh, yesterday. He did. And I love Jalen Brown, but he played like trash yesterday. He can't have that type of outcome, I mean, that type of display Thursday night. You know, hopefully he feeds on the crowd or whatnot. Tatum has to has to stop turning the ball over. You know what I mean? Like, they got to be confident in their movement and confident in trying to score a bucket. And, I, and this is a prediction. I just feel like once you, de- once you decide to call yourself a flopper and do flopping stuff, referees will look at you and stare you down. Like, the stuff you got – and like I said before, the stuff you got in, in the other game, because some of your flops were so obvious and the commentators were talking about it, I'm talking about pool, like because the commentators were talking about it during that game, they're going to pay attention to it even more in game six. So that stuff ain't going to fly. So he's going to have to – also, he's going to have to play well, well on the road. Like this stuff just playing well at home, it gets us. In, in this series. Another series, he's been good everywhere. But in this series, he's gonna have to step up for Golden State to win. Because I expect, I I expect Clay to to do, do something, Clay, yeah. and I I expect Steph to to be better. Like you know what I mean. So I expect those individuals to ball out. It's gonna be the other guys. Actually, truth be told, I expect Wiggins to 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 keep giving you hustle points because that's what he's doing. It's not about shooting the basketball, shooting the rock. He's giving you hustle effort. You know what I'm saying. So I expect those three individuals just to kind of be who they are. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think it's over, but I'll say this. It's a caveat. I'm like, if Boston want to take it to a game seven, Brown and Tatum got to be the real tandem. They got to be that real tandem. They can't be, oh, one dude carrying it. They got to be one, two. So. Jordan Pippen type. My magic ring. That's cool. Well, I mean, Jordan Pippen. I, I like think that. I think Shaq more, and Kobe. Shaq that Kobe. would more accurately reflect them because, you know, they're two and the three. You know, two oh, oh I feel you. Yeah. You just can go with that. Go I mean, no, nah, it's, all, listen, good. Nah, it's all good. I mean, you know. I feel you. Oh, or nah. Ray Allen, Ray Allen, Paul Perry. Uh, <laughs> nah, I mean, you know. Two Boston individuals, you know what I'm saying? Just saying. Uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, you know, I, I think you said the obvious things, but the guy <laughs> who knows the future is me when it comes to this. Hey, Ray, can you, can you take us a break, dog? Hey, yes, sir. It's part of our HBCU Corner segment. We'll play our interview with Howard University football coach Larry Scott. It's coming up after the break. You listen to the Urban Sports Team. For ages. You did. Deuces on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. Straight out of ATL. Got young one. Jumping that thing, baby. Swiss beats. Full surface. Same building living like a mess pack. 
You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of EmpireMedia.com. It's now time for HBCU Corner with Urban Sports Scene. I have the pleasure of introducing our next guest, who is a native of Sebring, Florida, and boasts a football resume that spans over two decades, dating back to a letter award-winning collegiate career during his playing days at the University of South Florida. Our guest coaching journey began at the high school level where he would gain invaluable experience that preceded a lengthy climb through the coaching ranks, including successful stints at his alma mater, South Florida, University of Miami, Tennessee, and the University of Florida. Over the years, our guest served in many capacities, including graduate assistant, offensive line coach, running backs coach, tight ends coach, and interim head coach during his time with Miami. Our guest has coached in many big games and has been instrumental in the development of countless young athletes. He's currently the head coach at Howard University, the Howard University, where he just put his stamp on the highest ranked recruiting class in program history. Welcome to HBCU Corner, Coach Larry Scott. What's happening, brother? Much brother, man. Pleasure to be on here. I appreciate the great uh introduction, man. That's that's that pretty good. I love it, brother. That was good <laughs> oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, Ray, Ray, we call brother. Ray the go. Ray the go to introduction. I, I sold you short yeah, though. You man, got a got... long resume. I said, I don't know how much <laughs> I can put in there. <laughs> you know, hey Ray, we would say this say this to you. My homegirl uh, who went to Howard, she would say it's, it's the H U, like the H U. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to mess that the, up either. Much respect. I've learned that. I've learned that it is the H U. <laughs> Must be a special place, though. You left Florida after all those years to come to D.C. where the weather is iffy. Absolutely. So, Having me in stuff. a little bit. So, so Coach, uh, you know, Ray and I, we like to talk about homecomings. <laughs> we love we love talking about homecomings. It's the truth. Um, but Howard is like the mecca of HBCU homecomings. Actually, you could say it's the mecca of homecomings, period. Um, do you use Howard's homecoming as a recruiting tool? Mm-hmm. I tell you what, man, you're going to you're going to take every powerful resource that you have, that you have available to you uh, to sell the product that you have um, and put it on the table. 
Now, here's the object. We haven't experienced that. I haven't experienced what a Howard True homecoming is, um, you know, since I've gotten here. I've, I've seen the videos. I've heard, you know, everybody talk about it. I, I mean, I've watched it from a distance and see all the videos and everything. And then you get here and I haven't had one opportunity yet to to really feel the depth of what it is to, to be a part of a Howard homecoming. Um, so at the end of the day, absolutely, we do. Uh, even without not knowing what that truly feels like myself, um, we, we, we grab a hold of every powerful resource uh, and cultural experience that we can build and offer a young man and his family at Howard University. And we put it all on the, we put it all on the table because we're, we, you know, we're recruiting hard. We're going after the very best and, and we're using the very best of who we are and what we're all about uh, to attract the, the best talent that we can. So, so Coach Howard has a bunch of notable, notable, fa- a famous in the alum to walk through those doors. Uh, who is your favorite? If you if you met one or whatnot, but who is your favorite Howard? Favorite famous Howard alum? Man, it's it's so hard, right? Because when you <laughs> when you're when you're so culturally diverse, and you you like you grew up watching the Cosby Show, you know what I mean? You see Felicia <laughs> just walking on the yard back and forth from lunch. It's like it's a it's a different deal. That, that, like Felicia was like everybody's mom, right? Like exactly. the whole world's mom. Everybody wanted Felicia side to be their mother. You know, you know, <laughs> mom. Why can't you be more like you know? I mean, why you can't be more like her? Claire Huss uh, type of deal. So um, yeah, Claire Huss. Why can't you be more like Claire? <laughs> Come on, mom. What you doing? You know. So um, you know she, she is, but you, you know you got Chadwick Boseman who um, yeah, all, you know ultimately God bless his soul and, and may he rest in peace. You know. Um, for us, which was more a bit more of a closer generation to see how talent, the talent that he had and, and the power that he could display on screen and to know that his training, his formal training and, and, and you know, who he became was built right at Howard uh, is, is a great thing, too. But you can be walking around Howard's campus man, and see, you know, various people at any point in time taking pictures or just touring the campus or down in the valley or just wanting to see. And it, it's the who's of who at any point in day, at any point in time. So it's a it's a special place. And. Uh, you, you feel that you feel that magic and you feel that power every day you, you park on campus and you walk across, you know, the sidewalk by the stadium to my office. You, you feel like you pinch yourself and you go, man, you know, this, this is a special place. And, and we're going to be part of building something uh, really strong and powerful. And we take great pride in that uh, and really look forward to continue to build this program to the, to the same recognition and same brand recognition as the university itself. Where Howard football sits at the top right there with it. So I love the Claire Huxley. Reference, you just aged yourself, by the way, because there, there's some younger guys who'll be watching, like, who? You know what I'm saying? But that, that's yeah. dope. And based on what you're saying, of course, Howard, it kind of sells itself. I'm sure that recruiting in ways is easy because Howard, like Bole said, is the mecca of HBCU, so to speak. Um, however, of course, you still have to recruit. You still got to go make a pitch. You still got to develop relationships. What has that process been like? And is there any players? I know you love all your players, but who can you shout out and who are you looking to rely on this upcoming season? I'll tell you what, man. The, the one thing with, that this place offers you an opportunity to be is to be holistic in everything that you do. That the, the ball and academics and social awareness and community service and all those things aren't pulled apart. They're all a part of. And that's the one thing that we get to do here in, in just building not only just winners on the field, but winners off the field, winners in life, and just help them make the connections as to becoming the man that you want to be, the competitor you want to be. You don't pick and choose when that is. It just becomes a part of your DNA. It becomes a part of who you are. No matter what you choose to commit yourself to and what you're choosing to do, you choose to win. And then what's important now? That's what win is. What's important now? So how do I narrow my focus, single my focus, 
uh, dig in, roll my sleeves up, you know, put my hands in the mud and go to work on trying to be the very best that I can. Uh, so, that, you know, that's, that's the thing that we that's different here that we get a chance to uh, that we get a chance to do is, is sell the program through football and through academics holistically, which is there's not a lot of places in America that you can really that all add jobs. You know, so, you know, at the end of the day, we get every one of our young men to buy into that and to believe in that. And so I'm excited to watch a lot of them. We're still a young team. Um, and a lot of the guys that have bought in have obviously improved uh, dramatically in the weight room, on the field, you know, skill, just football, uh, you know, football intelligence, football one-on-one, learning the game, how to play the game, not just the game of football, but how to play it from a technique and fundamental standpoint. And all those things. So those guys have improved that have bought in. And then we've been out, um, obviously, over the past two recruiting classes, added a lot of young talent, speed, size, uh, football, people, guys that come from football-loving areas. So I'm excited, really, just to see how this young team starts to respond to actually having our first full cycle of, of a program. You know, it was all chopped up with COVID. Uh, when I first took the job, I got it in February, March. The world imploded and wasn't around. We did everything virtually. All the way up until uh, January, uh, we had all kind of COVID breaks and stops because of COVID testing protocols and different things like that. So we stopped beyond for five days, have to stop for 14 days, beyond for another five days, and then be off for another 14 day quarantine. So it was it was choppy to say the least. And then we had to send them home again because it was summer break, right. and we don't pay for we don't we don't do the full summer allocation. We do half summer, so mm-hmm. had to send them home for half the summer again. And then we bring them back and we try to get ready for a season. But meanwhile, we have a year and a half to almost two years of underdeveloped players and kids uh-huh. mentally and mentally and physically. So we, we strapped it up, didn't make no excuses, did the best with what we had and, and then went out and put out a, a good product that I saw steadily improve day after day after day. Small dubs is what we call them. Small wins, man. Take the small dubs. Don't worry about the big ones because when we get to the point where they take care of themselves, that'll be the expectation standard. It's not going to be a matter of will we win. It'll be and can we win? It'll be when we win, whether that's in the beginning of the game or in the end of the game. We've been built the right way. We've been tried by the mm-hmm. fire and sometimes the fire gets hot, but man, growth is pain. With growth comes pain. So we took off our lumps and, and did what we had to do. And now we've gotten to a, a point where we've had a full cycle, full spring football, a full offseason of accountability. Them understanding what true accountability means to each other, uh, to the program, coach to coach, player to coach, and everyone. So we finally feel like we're nestled into a space where guys see the big picture and it's just not what happens on Saturdays, knowing what's happened on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, well before you get to playing the game. And what we do is just a byproduct. The game is a byproduct of who who we're building during the week. And they're finally buying into that and getting it. So I'm excited to watch all of them, but you know, obviously everything flows around the play of the quarterback. So we're really excited to see Mm -hmm. his growth um, and, and having just some classroom instructions and, Football one-on-one, getting comfortable with receivers, getting comfortable with calls and audibles and different things like that that we do in our system because we're very much so a pro system. I want to develop guys that when they come in and have a job interview with, um, you know, an NFL scout or NFL coach, they can get on the board, they can talk football top to bottom. Um, so we're, we're teaching it and coming about it from a different way as well. We, we, we really want to develop pros and everything that we do. So, you know, another day he's had a year in the classroom and had a year of understanding, you know, football through our eyes and, and through the eyes of the system and, and how it all works from top to bottom, from protections to run checks to coverages and all of those different things and, and you know, changing up routes versus coverages. Um, we're really excited to see his growth. And he had a really good spring. Uh, he's continuing to study and ask questions now. 
um, because everything flows through him. And on the defensive side of the ball, I'm excited to see Darian Brokenborough, a guy that we saw has changed his body, changed his mindset and mentality. You know, he's tough, he's rugged, he has an edge about himself, and he's a guy that I believe will have an opportunity to play a lot more football post-Howard. Um, so excited to see him play on defense and excited to see our quarterback development, but also excited about all of our really young, talented football players uh, that are competitive, that have stepped in, that they're learning, and they're excited to call it Howard and, and ingesting that pride in what it means to be a football player at Howard, not just go to Howard, but to have pride in playing football at Howard. Coach, I can already, I can already see why Nick Saban wanted you on his staff. Like, you <laughs> – you are, I, I see why, like, you know everything about football, like the details of being a coach, you you have it down pack. Like you're, you're like, you're definitely thorough in terms of what you are looking for and what you want to see out of your kids. But for the, for this program, you mentioned like, obviously the challenges of what COVID has done to the, with the program and trying to actually put your, your hold on it and what you want to build, but it seems like you're building it anyway and you're doing a great job at it. What are some of your short-term goals for this team and in, in your program? at Howard University? Oh, I mean, I tell you, the number one goal is to always continue to graduate our guys on time. Mm. You know, uh, graduate, understand the value of why you chose Howard. And it's deeper than just playing football. And, and it's mm. truly about the next 40 and 50 years uh, of your life. Uh, so, because when, you, when you're able to put, you know, your priorities in order and in line, football is one of those things that just take care of itself. Because football becomes a pro, like a byproduct of just who you are as a person. You know, some of the best football players know how to work year round. They know how to take care of their bodies. They know how to work. They know how to put the commitment in and the dedication. Well, if you got your priorities aligned, everything else seems to just fall in order and just falls in line. So I want to make sure we always put the horse before the cart, not the cart before the horse. So in everything that we do, we talk again, small dubs and, and, and value. But we want to graduate our players. We want to continue to help them understand that this is bigger than just the opportunity to play. Um, you can play anywhere in America, but you can't go to school anywhere in America. You're at Howard. Um, so take great pride in that. Um, so um, that's what we want to continue to do in the, in the short form and make sure we're doing that. And then we want to make sure we continue to make the connection for them in life. Here's, here's what most young people are missing. They miss the connections. They just see all of the outcomes because everything now for them is just so visual and it's instant. So they, they forget about the step-by-step process that it takes to get to what you actually see. So just to continue to have them understand the small day-by-day steps of progress and what it really means. And, and you do that, you know, two different constructs, whether that's that's a positive, um, you know, way of going about it. Everything is positive, but it has to be construct, constructed in a, in a way that doesn't tear people down, but it uplifts and builds people. So um, as long as we can continue to see that day-by-day process in young people that start to make better choices, make better decisions and how they prepare. Um, we, 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 we've been implementing a lot of sports science things here. I want to see a guy that, hey, we've been all over you, but you can't, you can't sleep four and a half to five hours a night and develop the way physically that you want to. And we started to see that turn, and now they're sleeping six and a half, seven, eight hours a night because they're, they're, they're believing in the, the power of sleep. You know, so now we're starting to see the weight gains. You can't be 170 pounds, 168 pounds, 169 pound corner force in our system. No, we need you to be 185, 190 pounds. And now that guy comes in and then six weeks later, he went from 170 to 181. You're like, now he's starting to get it and understand the nutrition part of things and how to eat and what to eat and sleep and rest and hydration and, and strength training. So just a small dub it takes to get these kids to understand connection and tying them to the process, which is something they don't have anymore. They just want instant gratification and instant success. 
but they don't want to they don't want to go through the daily process of getting to those those visuals that they see other people that they want to go after so man if we can continue to make those small dubs and continue to make those connections for these young people and graduate them we're going to have success and the success doesn't worry me winning games doesn't worry me it's right. are we making a day-by-day connection to building men and building people which those winners championship. Mm. so coach well they mentioned the job offer that you had clearly based on all that you're telling us you you're just giving us a, a wealth of knowledge and you have that experience but what we want to know and and this is why we do this is why an hbcu and What's it like coaching at HBCU for you? I think, man, if you wake up every day and you choose your why, right? Why do I do what I do? It don't matter whether you're doing at Jones Junior High, um, the the non-school or the University of Florida or Howard University. You know what? It really doesn't matter. If, if, if your mission and your why is to develop and build young people, um, you don't care where you get an opportunity to do it. I'm just fortunate that I get a chance to do it and had an opportunity to choose to do it at Howard University, um, which obviously, like we talked about a little bit, speaks for itself, the power that it has, the brand recognition that it has. Um, and, and they haven't been very successful in, in, the, in the sports world, in the sports realm, and especially football. Get it? Uh, but that's also an exciting thing, too. That's an exciting time to be able to say, hey, we're going to take this piece of clay, man, and we're going to mold it. We have a special brand. We have things that we can stand on the shoulders of. But now it's time for, for, for us to hold our weight, for us to pull our end of the bargain. And for young men and, and everybody that's been a part of and affiliated with Howard to see football as an asset, not just a liability, but, you know, as an asset that can be a major contributor to the brand that is Howard and, and what it is in the bigger picture of things. We got a model around that we talk about right now. It's one Howard. Why can't Howard football be synonymous with the greatness that is Howard? Why can't everything be synonymous with greatness? That's what Stanford does. That's what Duke does. That's what all these major academic institutions around America do. They, they, they have value in their sports programs and stuff as well. So why can't we? So it's an exciting time to want to be a part of building, building something and, and building a legacy, but through your why, through naturally who you are, not trying to force something, not trying to be uh, something really that it's not. So it was a unique opportunity for me to really just tap into truly why, why I do what I do. Uh, and then to have an awesome opportunity to do it with, you know, young men that look and sound like me and look and sound like my son uh, on a daily basis and let them know that, you know, you can choose an HBCU and be great. You can choose an HBCU and go to the National Football League. You can choose an HBCU and get the development and training that you need uh, to be the prospect and the player that you, you know, you were charged to be. Because at the end of the way, ain't nobody stepping in what fun of God got for you anyway. So at the end of the day, just tap into the power source that is the university. And the people that are around ain't got nothing to do with buildings. I've never seen a building build a player. Never seen one. Never seen uh, everybody has a 45 pound weight. It may one that may have a big gator stamped on it. The other one may just be a black 45 pound plate. But you know what? It weighs 45 pounds. And if you lift it 10 times, it's going to do the same thing to your body as long as you're eating and sleeping and doing the things you need to do. So don't buy into the mystery that you got to have all of these pretty things and these bells and whistles. And at the end of the day, if you're about to work, if you have a goal. You're going to tap into and believe in the people that are around you to help you to that goal. You can. Oh, and then we can at HBCUs. And that's why it was important for me to, to uh, be a part of this great brand, to be a part of just, you know, coaching and developing young men, and then to be a part of something that gives you an opportunity to stamp it and build it. And that's what we want to do.
So true, so true. You were answering my question, so I'm going to go backwards a little bit, Coach. We, I mean, Ray mentioned in the in the um, when he introduced you that you know you're a native of Florida. Uh, you've done a lot of coaching in Florida, like Ray mentioned. It's it's well known that Florida has a bunch of great athletes. You know, when I'm growing when I'm growing up, I age up, Ray. I'm aging myself again, I guess. Like Steve Spurrier and the Florida Gators, they had nothing but like fast dudes. <laughs> Miami, you know what I'm saying with the U. Uh, this is after Jimmy. Jim, I mean, with Eric, I guess it was it was dude, Jimmy Johnson. It was Eric. I forgot his name. His other his last name, but um, Erickson. I think Erickson was his last name. Coach Erickson, Dennis Erickson, Dennis Erickson, Eric, Dennis mm-hmm. Erickson. With my with the U, nothing but you know nothing yeah. but athletes. How important is Florida for your recruiting for your recruiting process? Man, I think um, it, it's 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 important, but it's important because of being able to build the powerful relationships that I have in the state, you know, and, and being able to truly rely on high school coaches that do a tremendous job, high school administrators that do a, a, a tremendous job, uh, community leaders in, in different things in different areas that I've been able to build relationships with um, that I can tap into to make sure we deliver the very best product we can to, to Howard. Because Howard is a different profile now. You got Washington, D.C., uh, that that's a that's an, a basically a, a, an education within itself of how to maneuver, navigate, live, and be. See, uh, you have Howard, which comes with a high academic profile, high standards and expectations. So, being able to tap into people that you know and trust, uh, that when you set out the profile of what it is that you have to have and what you're looking for, that can come have success. Sure, you can just come to Florida and grab kids, but if you're setting them up for failure, that then uh, the program fails and they fail. So you can't, the, the greed of just recruiting and stacking talent can't be the, the focus. You know, the focus has to be, are we getting the right people, the right guys, and using the right relationships to, to, to do that and people that we trust. Um, obviously, you feel like you're going to have a chance to come to Florida and uh, go to Florida and, and, and pick up guys that love football. They get a year to play a year round there in seven on sevens all year round. They're, they're constantly, constantly developing. They love track, so they're, they're all, you know, they're all speed trained. Uh, they're all skill trained because they do it, you know, they do it, you know, on a daily basis and a yearly basis because of, you know, obviously the weather conditions and different things that are conducive to those guys continuing to train. Um, but you have to have guys that, you know, value their education, understand what it means to to go to school and value the opportunity to receive a degree and do all of those type of things, too, because we have to have guys that understand that going to school and, and your academics is important. It's It's critical to. Uh, being a student athlete uh, here at Howard. So um, at the end of the day, it's just about doing it the right way. But obviously, you know, it's it's a great uh, resource for us. Um, we've been able to tap in and, and be able to go in and, and beat some people in recruiting that they wouldn't think that we would have an opportunity to. Uh, because, again, we do have a great product to sell. So when you come uh, to the state of Florida and you find guys that fit the right profile, they love football, they're, they're, they're extenuating your talent, but they also value their degree and the opportunity to go to school in the nation's capital and be a Howard Bison. Um, it's all a part of it. So, yeah, it, it's a major resource for us. Uh, uh, it's a pretty important area, but uh, in the end, we want to make sure we're taking care of home too, the DMV area, and make sure we cover that and don't leave no stones unturned in that area because that's where our success is having homegrown guys and, and homegrown families and people that buy tickets and all those type of things too uh, in the seats as well. So uh, it's a holistic approach for us to the Carolinas, Texas, Florida. Uh, actually, you know, our brand allows us to go nation, you know, nationwide. We just have to really streamline and put the crosshairs where we want and where we need to to make sure we're getting everybody that fits the, the correct profile to have success at Howard. So true. We, I mean, you're right. Like, the DMV does have a boatload of talent. Ray and I, we've, we've seen, we've grown, we grew, we grew up here, so we've 
Christina. We're not, we're not, we're not the football powerhouse, you know, yeah. that Florida is, but we got some talent stuff. around here. And, and it don't matter where you're from, right? You coach Kyle Pitts. That, that's there's in Ohio. Some he from uh -huh. Philly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> hey, it don't matter where you're from. But yeah, no doubt. We, we, we love our home, no Born yeah, in I, hope, I, hope, I, hope some the, I hope some of the some some of the players that are from um the DMV have have shown you around, you know, like mumbo sauce and uh showing you like uh some go 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 music. So you, you know you so you got it just of like the DMV. Culture. Don't have oh, yeah. <laughs> the culture. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm I'm immersed at this point in time, but I got my new balance, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rocking the New Balance. I'm doing the whole deal. I'm, I'm, nah. I'm fully, I'm fully immersed in Aquaman. If, if, they eat, if, if they eating right, they sleeping. Then they not eating mumbo sauce. They yeah, not that's true. That's, that's hey, fact. Hey, that's fact. You're right. Keep, keep, keep them focused. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? Hey, the mumbo sauce is a spice of life. Sometimes I'm gonna have a wing or two. I'm gonna throw some sauce on them now. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's, he's been baptized. Ray, this is what's up. He's been baptized. I love it. <laughs> uh, much success. Appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks talk. for being on HBCU Corner. Is there anything you Man, would like to add? It's in the... It's in the it's <laughs> in the <laughs> no, man, I, I appreciate you guys and, and uh, continue, you know, continue support. And we got we got a big challenge coming out for us this year, but I think our, our young football team is excited about what we've been doing and what we've been changing and what we want to continue to do continue to do is continue to build a bridge to the community around the DMV and, and get everybody out to support and get everybody excited. Uh, we have a lot of really big changes coming down the pipe for us and a lot of exciting things that I think are going to continue to just add to the notoriety uh, that is the brand of Howard. And, and we start playing really good football around here. I, I think everybody will give, it'll galvanize our community and give something to everybody uh, to be refocused around what Chocolate City truly is and DC and getting back on campus and being a part of the culture and and a part of the brand and give something for everybody to just have some pride in, man, and be excited about doing football season. And, and that's what we want to get uh, reestablished and, and done here is, is, that, is that bridge to also to the, the community, great community of Washington, D.C. and the DMV area. Well, you have, I believe that I, I'm not going to speak for Ray and I that, you know, you have fans here, man. We appreciate you. Um, we're going to definitely be rooting for you. I appreciate it, man. We need it all. We need all the support we can get, baby. I appreciate you guys having me on it. And look forward to some future conversations. Oh, definitely. All definitely. right. All right. Thanks definitely. again. Thanks for being on. We appreciate you. Okay, guys. Appreciate you. Have a good Have one. Have a good one. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure. You subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. And check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Amplifier Media, at AmplifierMedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows, as well as, well as other great content. Hey, thank you all for listening. Thanks for Coach Scott for being on. Appreciate everybody. Keep tuning in. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene for ages. Yiddig deuces. Amega. Do me a favor, brother. Lead us out, big homie.